Welcome, meeting makers. I'm your host, Lauren Green, meeting coach and facilitation trainer, here to help you unsuck your meetings one episode at a time. I've helped hundreds of professionals and organizations through leading inclusive, engaging, and productive meetings. And now I'm offering this podcast to help you do the same. Think of this podcast as an ongoing workshop, where each time you tune in, you'll get a bite-sized nugget of knowledge you can apply right away. If you lead meetings or might someday, you're in the right place. Let's make your meetings work. Well, hi there, meeting makers. It's time for episode eight. And if you've been listening to season one or just in time meeting skills, you might have noticed something. Most of the season is about what happens before the meeting. Have you been curious about that? We hope so. A lot of times when I facilitate, I get comments at the end of the meeting like, wow, that went so fast, or I was so energized, or I felt so included, or that felt like magic. And I love those comments. They make me feel really good. But the thing about them is that the reason we get those comments is because we did pre-planning. If you've ever been in a show, if you're a dancer, an actor, a singer, even improv, you know that there is a lot of work that has to go into the session to build trust, to know your run of show, to make sure that people are coordinated, to get your props down, to warm up your voice, to get moving. I'm using a lot of theatrical analogies here because many of you may know that I have a background in professional dance, but that's what a good meeting takes. Now, it doesn't have to mean that you're putting that level of effort into every single meeting, but it's the pre-planning where the work happens. And if you do that part right, the meeting will be magical. But now it's time to put yourself into the meeting itself. And this episode is going to focus on kickoffs, kicking off the meeting and kicking off each section of the meeting. So if you haven't listened to the season so far, go back, do that first, because we're going to use this episode to see how much you remember. So in an earlier episode, I talked about forgetting to introduce yourself. Don't laugh. I've done it. You'll probably do it too. We get so focused on the process of the meeting, we forget to say who we are at the beginning. So the first thing is to practice your elevator speech in advance, your name, your role, maybe a brief background, not your whole CV, and something you're looking forward to about today's meeting. I'm going to give you mine or at least a version of it, and I'll say that this didn't roll off the tongue immediately. It took a few tries to kind of get it right. Hi, my name is Lauren. I'm a visual facilitator. What that means is that I use visuals to aid group process and make your meetings visible. We love visual facilitation because it helps you see your ideas, reduce conflict, and make decisions faster and easier. One thing I'm looking forward to today is helping you all collaboratively brainstorm and move forward to action. So that was just a variation. I honestly just ad-libbed that, but I always remember that I introduced my name I give my title, I give a little bit of background on what my title means, and one thing that I'm looking forward to to set the tone. So pause this podcast and practice saying yours in your head. 
there are studies that show that practicing even in your head is just as good as actually practicing it. Practicing is especially important if you're nervous. Backstage jitters are only a thing when you're backstage. I always found in dance that once I got on stage, I wasn't nervous anymore because I was just doing the work, doing what I had been practicing to do. And I found the same thing in facilitation. Once I get past my intro, I can breathe a bit. I'd love to see your personal intro. So I challenge you to record yourself giving your intro and share it in our Meeting Makers Community Facebook group. So once that hard part is over, what's next? If you freeze in the moment, go back to your facilitation guide. Remember, it's okay to script your talking points and have them nearby. I routinely read from my facilitation guide and no one has ever dinged me for not memorizing my quote-unquote lines. Now, what comes next after you've introduced yourself? Do you remember? Are you still guessing? It could actually be one or two different things. After you've welcomed the group, this is usually where a leadership sponsor, if it's not you, would perhaps say a few words and then get to your outcomes, your agenda, your agreements, and your roles. Remember those? If not, go back and listen to episode five. If you've introduced yourself and you've gotten through those outcomes, agenda, agreements, and roles, what are we missing? Oh, right. The group introduction. Since I know you've planned this out, you know exactly how to instruct the group to introduce themselves. So let's say you got a little long-winded walking through those agreements. It happens. You can make up the time during the intros by encouraging the group to keep it brief. Model this by giving an example of exactly how long their intro should take. Hi, my name is Lauren. I'm the chief product officer. The outcome that I'd like to see happen today is clarity around our customer requirements. So what I just did there was say my name, my role, and an outcome that I'd like to see. And again, be sure to model it because if you don't, the first person who introduces themselves could set the tone for everybody to show off their CV or five different outcomes. A little trick that my colleague Brian Tarallo showed me is to say, who would like to go first? And if you go first, you get to choose whether we go right or left around the room. And if we're in an online meeting, a lot of times what I'll do is create a slide or a visual where everyone's name is positioned in a circle, sort of like they were sitting at a table. And I'll say, whoever goes first gets to choose if we go clockwise or counterclockwise around the circle. And then you don't have to call on anybody because if they're paying attention, they'll know when it's their turn to unmute and give their introduction. If you have a big group and not very much time, have people quickly introduce themselves to a few people nearby or in a breakout group and select someone from their group to introduce their team. This is also a great way to practice working in breakout groups and you know all about how much we love breakout groups. The other time that you need a clear kickoff is when introducing individual breakout group activities or really any activity that you're gonna ask the group to do. Here are some things that often go wrong here. You tell your participants they need to refer to handouts before giving them the activity. They will instantly get stuck in paper shuffling and now nobody is listening to you. Maybe you tell the participants they're going to do a group worksheet or a template, but you don't give them the purpose of why you're doing it. And then somebody asks, 
why are we doing this? It should probably be clear. Or you give the groups 10 or more really tough questions that they need to consider in about five minutes. And maybe you forget to tell people how much time they have to do the activity. That's the big one for me. I always forget how much time they have to do it. A simple way to remember how to tee up an activity is why, what, and how. Start with the why you're doing an activity, follow up with what the activity is, and lastly, tell them how they're going to do it. So for example, I was facilitating a public health conference. There were 300 people split up into 30 tables. What I opted to do was introduce first the why of the activity, and then I actually gave them instructions as I went along because the activity was rather complex. In addition, I had the instructions up on a slide as well as on an individual handout, and I also gave them an example of what the activity looked like when it was completed. That way, with so many people, I could guide them through the instructions a little bit at a time, and they could also refer to the instructions if they had questions as they go. Another example is I was facilitating a customer journey mapping activity, and I was using my favorite online whiteboarding tool, Mural. Whenever I introduce a new group to Mural, sometimes I start to lose people, especially if they're not as adept with online technology or maybe they have low bandwidth issues. So what I like to do is I start in a quote-unquote sandbox. In other words, I create a space on the board where they can practice the skills that you need for Mural, such as adding a sticky note or navigating through the program. And I do all of that before I do the actual activity. The other thing that I like to do in Mural is if I have breakout groups and each breakout group is working on their own section of the Mural board, I might include the written instructions that they need to follow in that section of the board. And that way, if they can't reach me or they don't know how to get back to the main room, they can refer to those instructions and they're right there in the board. Those are a couple of workarounds is always have instructions, always have examples, tell them why they're going to do something, what they're about to do, and then how they're going to do it. For example, we're going to do an activity to help brainstorm ideas on how to meet our new customer requirements. That's your why. In order to do this activity, I'm going to have you work in small groups and write down all of your ideas on a flip chart. And then I give them the how. In a moment, I'm going to invite you to split into groups around the room. You'll see there's already a flip chart and markers at your station. Be sure to select one person to be the scribe and take notes. And be sure also at the end you have someone to report out. So that was the why, the what they're going to do, and then the how they're going to do it. Depending on how complex your activity is, it may take a little while to get through each of those sections. If you're still lost, here's a script. We're going to do an activity aimed to blank. During this activity, you will blank. Here's what you need to do, dot, dot, dot. Is anything unclear? Ask and pause. We'll also include that quick script in our visual note summary, which you can get in the description. So let's talk about timing. This is the other element of kicking off that's rather important. And what I mean by that is group goes to work on an activity. You need to tell them how long they're going to have. That's part of the how. And you also need to time it, not just walk away, do whatever you want, even though I do know some facilitators who do that. 
So you need to make sure that you set your own timer and you periodically give updates. I like to do a halfway update and maybe a five minute update. Sometimes I even like to walk around and ask people if they need more time. But regardless, there are different ways that you can keep track of time. I like to set a timer on my phone. You can just follow a clock. You can set an automatic timer on the breakouts if you'd like. There's a timer feature inside of Mural. If you're using Mural, there's lots of ways to do a timer. So I recommend keep the timing that you have in your facilitation guide as estimates and don't get overly twitchy if you're off by five or 10 minutes. Timing is a learned art form. If creating an agenda and a facilitation guide is new for you, you're probably not going to get it right the first few times. And so the trick to this is all adjusting on the fly as needed, recognizing that in the moment, your agenda is going to be off by 5 to 15 minutes in any direction. So don't get cocky if you're ahead of time. You might need it later. Let me talk a little bit about breakout rooms and setting that automatic timer. I tend to really dislike this feature. I know a lot of people like it because they want to have that timer set in the top right corner of your Zoom screen so you can easily see how much time you have left. The trouble with that that I found is that if the group needs more time, you can't add time. So what happens if a group needs five more minutes, they're rolling, they're on a jam, you yank them back, and now you've actually added time to your meeting because you have to reopen breakout groups and it always takes people a few minutes to get back into their topic. You can avoid all of that if you simply don't set the automated timer and periodically pop into the breakout groups to see how people are doing. And utilize a tech host, if you are lucky enough to have one, I recommend that you do for those online meetings, have them send messages through the broadcast feature so people have timing updates. How do you plan your agendas? If in your head you said, I open up a slide deck, stop right there. Session Lab is our number one tool when it comes to designing workshops and meetings. It's important to have a written agenda separate from slides, which is really a visual material, not an agenda tool. Drag and drop blocks in Session Lab make it easy to create your agenda, add detailed notes, and quickly download high-level agendas for colleagues and clients. No more figuring out times and durations by hand. I like to print the agenda for in-person meetings, and for online meetings, I tweak the agenda in the moment if a segment runs over so I can figure out how to make up the time later. You can quickly get started using their library of high-quality workshop methods. Visit makemeetings.work forward slash session lab to get started and upgrade your agenda workflow. Now, what if you're teeing up an activity that's not in a breakout? That's when you need a few open-ended questions and follow-up questions in your back pocket. For example, let's say it's a pretty small group that you're meeting with, and the purpose is simply to gather some feedback and lessons learned from a project that you just finished. You might start the discussion by offering a few open-ended questions, which means questions that start with what, why, or how, and cannot be answered with a single response. Here are a few of my favorites. What do you think about XYZ? Tell me more. Not a question, but it still counts. What's behind that? What else? 
Who else has an idea? Who has a different idea? And what did you mean by this? It's completely okay to call on people and ask if they have thoughts, but I often say it something like this. Hey, Don, I noticed you haven't spoken up in a while. Do you have anything to add? And if not, that's okay. You're inviting them, but you're making it okay to pass if they don't have anything to say. Your biggest role as a facilitator is to tune in to who is speaking a lot, who hasn't spoke, and to ask questions to try to draw out the most from the group. Questions are your friend. We collect questions like some people collect coins, stamps, rocks, whatever it is, and we call it a questions library. And we bring our question library to every meeting because it gives us ideas on what questions to ask if we get stuck. So start your list of questions. And if you want our list, we'll put a link to download it in the description. So now it's really time to start the meeting. If you've made it through the instructions and participants are now successfully in their breakout groups, sit back and marvel at how easy your job is. And it is. Meetings are the most magical when the facilitator or the leader sets up the process and gets out of the way. So yes, it should be easy. And if you've done your prep work, this is the part where you really get to enjoy seeing people work in a way that you might not have seen them work before. And it is really fun. Next episode, we'll cover essential steps and skills to keep your meetings inclusive and productive once you're in them, from time management to navigating conflict. You're almost there, meeting makers. Let's make your meetings work. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a few minutes to rate and review so future meeting makers can find our community. Download a visual summary of this episode in the show notes and be sure to join the conversation in our meeting makers Facebook group. Want help with your next meeting? Reach out at makemeetings.work and we'll set up time to chat. Thank you.